What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Bailey. And uh, today's episode, extremely excited for, was able to reconnect with a few fellow contestants from the Surviving Man reality TV show and competition that I was a part of uh, here recently in May of 2021. Don Mann, a former Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6 member, New York Times bestseller, as well as uh, co-host Randy Couture, uh, the UFC former six-time world champion, uh, was also there. And it was an incredible experience. And we have uh, Liberty Austin from the great state of Texas, as well as Ali Webster, who is currently out of Massachusetts. They're both firearms instructors. They're both uh, proponents of our incredible Second Amendment and in getting the word out there and being uh, beacons really for women and firearms training, firearms instruction, being able to properly use uh, firearms to pr- uh, protect themselves and, and for personal use. So, uh, just it was it was awesome to reconnect and, and to have an incredible conversation around what they're up to, uh, a little bit of background on their powerful stories, which which uh, get deeply personal uh, through parts of our episode here today. Um, you can follow both uh, Liberty. You can find on social media, Liberty Austin and Liberty is spelled with an E. So L I B E R T E Austin. And then Allie Webster. And that's a L Y Webster with two R's. And of course this will be linked up for you guys in the show notes as well. Um, before we get into the episode, go check out my website, if you would, natebailey.org to find out everything that I'm up to, the different programs that we offer, podcasts from previous uh, incredible guests, including Don Mann, who had been a part of my show. See if we can get uh, Randy Couture on here as well. But uh, I just had a great time, and I know you will as well. Uh, so enjoy the show. And without further ado, the powerful Allie Webster and Liberty Austin. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Championship Leadership Podcast. We have 
Allie Webster and Le uh, Liberty Austin, two very special guests that I got the opportunity to meet while we were filming Surviving Man reality TV show. What's up, guys? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. Doing great. So um, I reached out to you, these two, uh, shortly after we finished up filming, and we can't give a lot of details on the show because it hasn't come out yet, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. It's June 4th and 2021 but uh should be coming out here hopefully around july 4th of this year excited to see that but uh had the opportunity to uh get to know these folks got to know all of the 32 contestants fairly well over six full days incredible experience yeah absolutely what was the uh what was like the best experience for you or what was the maybe the biggest moments or part if there was one for you i know there were a lot uh, many of them it was uh, you know we did so many different things we got to meet so many different people but what was something that really stands out to you guys uh, going through this experience liberty for me it was the heights um overcoming the fear of heights yeah because yeah. i i knew uh before the show i had gone to like a high rope course because i'm terrified of heights like i can't stand in you know a high building and look out the window because I want to throw up. So <laughs> I knew that was going to be bad. Yeah. But um, overcoming that, like at the end of the show, I really feel like now I want to pursue spending more time doing high rope and rappelling and things like that. Yeah. So that was the coolest part for me, for sure. And you did awesome at it, by the way. We we all ended up together on the tower, I believe, right? When we were doing yep. the yeah, and adding to that, I have to say um, that was definitely mine too. And you were actually like, obviously, everyone will see that. I was like constantly like crying to you yeah. about how scared I was to go off. But um, that was my experience too. And I will say, Liberty going first, yes. made, I think all five of us up there, six of us up there, motivated to go. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To see you guys go through it because I knew. Because you talked about how afraid you were, you're pretty open about it. And then to go and do it and crush it was awesome. And because I wasn't really excited about it. I haven't done a lot of it myself either. So um, so you guys led the way there. And I, it's funny you said that, Liberty, because I was kind of came out of that same way. I was like, once you do it, it's like, yeah, that's not nearly as bad, number one, as we played up to be. And then it also kind of made me want to do the same thing, do some more rock climbing and mm -hmm. all type stuff because it's actually kind of fun once you get settled into it. So um, before we get too much further, I, I definitely do want to come to each one of you. And if you could just kind of introduce yourself and, you know, uh, whatever way you want to take this, like kind of give us an intro of who you are and the path you've taken to, to, to be where you are today and what it is that you are up to today. We'll start with you, Allie. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so I do a lot of different random things. I actually own an animal rescue um, that I uh, coaxed Liberty into fostering for me after the show, which I just think is so awesome and special to me. Um, but I own a, a nonprofit dog rescue. I work full time um, actually in retirement sales. So I do um, like retirement plans for small businesses. Okay. Um, but I also, you know, have been into guns for a while. I'm an NRA instructor, USCCA instructor, but um, that's kind of the quick overview <laughs> with me in my life. And I'm a big supporter of, um, you know, women getting into shooting firearms because I live in a very conservative state. I mean, opposite of conservative, that was more supposed to be sarcasm, but um, 
you know, a lot of people in Massachusetts aren't big guns people and um, they have different views than, than some of us. So for me, um, with all the control um, on firearms and stuff, it's, it's difficult to own some of the firearms and, and get the experiences that I want with them. So um, it's hard to live in the state sometimes, but um, yeah. Have you been, uh, have you lived in that area your entire life? So I grew up in uh, Maine um, for the first 18 years of my life. And then I went to college in Massachusetts and I love Massachusetts. I've stayed here, you know, since yeah. I graduated. But yeah, so. Good, cool. What about you, Liberty? So I live in Texas, the greatest country in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I'm... Gosh, I'm a paralegal. I, I work full-time in the firearms industry. Well, really the self-defense industry. I work for a company called U.S. Law Shield. We specialize in defending people who defend themselves. So that's that's really what I do full-time, aside from also being a firearms instructor, um, is just like Ali trying to you know encourage women especially to defend themselves and to teach them. So also as part of teaching them is defending, educating them on the laws and, and things like that as to what the repercussions are and what to watch out for, um, especially living in like the kind of times we live in now with red flag laws and everything else. So we need that defense more than ever um, to be legally protected. So that's that's what I do. Um, I also have an org as well called Defend the Badge. And uh, we basically provide um, equipment and, for law enforcement for cities that have been defunded. So, yeah. When did you start that? Cool. Yeah, I started that um, with my best friend. Uh, my partner is Sarah Rodriguez. We started that org um, towards the end of last year. Okay. And so we've been, you know, slowly working on it. As soon as we launched it, as you know, there was like a full on assault on police officers in the news and media. And so, um, Changing that image for police officers right now is going to be is our challenge because we have to reach out to the communities and bridge that gap where we have to make people understand that these police officers, um, some of the ones that are I won't say all the ones that are in the news, because some of those are just very bad cases. <laughs> for the most part, um, these police officers don't have equipment. You know, they have to purchase their own equipment. They have to purchase their bulletproof vests, which are very expensive really? and they have, yeah, nobody really knows that. Um, you, we, we don't, we don't think, we think the city's paying for these things for these cops, uh, taser guns, pepper spray, um, simunitions, non-lethals, all those things come out of the police officers pockets because the budgets don't allow for it. So, wow. yeah. And so we, we might get more training than police officers get because not only that but they have restrictions on ammo as well they have to go get their own training on their salaries so a lot of people don't know that so i think by educating the community and letting them know hey these police officers need training they need specialized training to to overcome the challenges they face day to day mm -hmm. so that's really my biggest mission right now is um working on that project and like i said it's an uphill battle because in the media they're being attacked every single day. So if you support law enforcement, you are a part of the group that gets attacked for that yeah, as well. Right. So. Yeah. Um, crazy times we're living in. And I didn't know that. So yeah, thank you for, for, uh, that's crazy. I, I had no idea actually. So, mm -hmm. um, that's insane actually. 
and, and I had one police officer that I spoke to. Um, he said as a rookie coming, you know, fresh out of the academy, first of all, he paid for his own academy. Okay. He paid for his own classes to become a police officer, right? They didn't reimburse him for that. He comes out of there making 14, 50 an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he has to buy his own bulletproof vest, his own everything. He said, he said it with kind of like, you know, an embarrassed, kind of embarrassed by it. He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. My mom had to buy me this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. If wow. these law enforcement officers are purchasing that for themselves. So. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you for starting that up. That's uh, I didn't realize the need was where it is. Um, let's, uh, I want to put you guys on the spot real quick and then we'll kind of get a little bit more into what it is that you guys are up to and how you've gotten into being, uh, firearms, uh, advocates and instructors, and especially for women as yourself, but championship leadership is the name of the podcast. So I want you to, uh, give me a quick react. What, uh, when you hear championship leadership and again, we'll come to you, Allie, and Liberty, what comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? Um, success, um, and kind of working with some of the best leaders in the industries of all kinds, because I think that there's, you know, champions in every kind of industry. And I think leadership obviously is, you know, the top champions in every different segment. That's what I think of when I hear that. Awesome. Thank you. What about you, Liberty? You know, I have to say that, um, kind of give a little shout out to Dawn, because when I think of championship leadership, I think of the leadership that they exhibited. Um, Tim and Randy, just awesome people. I just in awe of how humble those men are and just right. how they led us with such compassion, kindness, but still encouraging us to just push ourselves past our limits. So mm-hmm. just to tie it back to, to what we just learned, because I really do feel like those are incredible men that have impacted my life. Yes, absolutely. And so for the listeners, yeah, Don Mann, a former Navy SEAL uh, and SEAL Team 6 member, incredible guy. And then Randy Couture, who is what I think, I believe a six-time UFC world champion, uh, retired now. But uh, yeah, I've been saying the same thing, just super humble, um, very, very high servant leaders, like just down to earth. But also, yeah, carried a very strong presence and, and did an incredible job. Like, I don't know if they slept over those six, seven days. But, uh, didn't look like they were tired ever. It was just amazing to watch them. Knowing how much energy that they had to put through the planning and the execution of, of uh, filming over six days like that was incredible. So, yeah, definitely championship leaders for sure. I'm going to add something to that. So one thing is that was kind of crazy to me is we were riding back with Don in the car one day and he was giving us a couple just random little stories. Um, and another time was before dinner. And I won't even elaborate on those stories, but the point of it was that he had such a crazy past and he has all these things he could talk about, you know, that would make people yeah. like in awe. Yeah. And I think what grew, my respect grew for him even more by hearing these little stories that he didn't even care to elaborate on, Yeah, which just shows that he's like very much a champion and doesn't need the, you know, the publicity and like yes. to talk about his character. He doesn't need to defend himself. And the yeah. same thing goes for Randy too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, Don's been on the show. And uh, so I've gotten to know him 
if you haven't checked out his book, I don't think that hardly anyone even knew that he had written a book or he's written multiple books, but he's a New York Times bestseller as well. And of course, he would never talk about any of this, but he, he's got a book called Inside SEAL Team 6. And he goes, uh, he shares a fair amount of the story, and I'm sure a fair amount of it, but he, he doesn't. But, uh, you know, there was a comment by someone I won't name at the contestant's name, but <laughs> almost questioning what he had ever done. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you really don't know who Don Man is, obviously, because the guy, I mean, he was on, first of all, he was a member of, a, of U.S. Navy SEALs and then also SEAL Team 6. And uh, he's accomplished a great amount. But those types of people, like you say, aren't the ones that are going to sit and tell you all about it. Right? Mm -hmm. just, that's, mm -hmm. which for me, is a big part of championship leadership. Because they don't do it for glory. Yeah, absolutely. They do it because they're just heroes. It's in their DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an eye-opening experience for me. And it made me step back a lot and think about mm -hmm. what people say about themselves and what people don't say about themselves. Yeah. And right. yeah, exactly what you just said too, Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very cool. Um, well, let's let's switch gears back to you guys. So you both obviously have a lot in common. Did you guys know each other before the show? No. But now you guys are like besties. Yeah. So I told Allison, I learned the meaning of what it means to be attached at the hip. You know, you always hear that. Oh, they're attached at the hip. We were literally attached <laughs> at the hip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, you were. But that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's always interesting because we had a little bit. We did some Zoom meetings and, you know, there's posturing and there's some people that are in it totally to win and compete, which is, I, and I, you know, I showed up. I wanted to win and compete, too. but um there's a gestation period i suppose of kind of getting to know certain people and, and i didn't really get a chance to know everyone i got to know you guys a little bit probably towards the middle of the week which was yeah. awesome which was great and i'm really glad that, that i was able to to do that um but yeah what's uh how did you guys find out about the show and how did you become part of it were you guys ready? yeah so with me um you know, I decided to join when I first got the the invite. At first, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm I was not like physically in shape for after COVID. You know, I had like yeah. just hurt my back a couple years ago and I was like out of the game for a while. So I was like, there's no way I kind of laughed at it, but it sounded really cool. Um, my husband actually convinced me to do it. Yeah. And um, after I saw who Don was and I was like, yeah, I have to do this. There's no way that I cannot do this. Like, it'll be just so cool to be a part of this because of who is associated with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also got an email, um, but I'm always up for stuff. And uh, I always try to do things, even if it, you know, I, I'm not sure how it is. I actually looked into them a lot. My um, family has a lot of history in, at West Point. Okay. Um, and so I actually reached out to my cousin and was like, can you do some background searching, you know, make sure this is all like legit and yeah. safe for me to go out and fly by myself and do this. But um, yeah, and it was awesome. And going off that, like when we went to do the pre-webinars with like meeting people, yeah. it made it a lot more, you know, exciting and real. And yeah. that's when I started talking to Liberty and yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for Liberty, I probably wouldn't have made it to the show. I mean, let's be honest. I probably would have, but it would have been a completely different experience for me. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't, uh, yeah, I kind of had the same thing. I was like, is this real? Like I was kind of surprised to get, get an email to say, Hey, you're, you're part of the cut to see it. But I was just like, 
when when out uh what other time would i have an opportunity to do an experience like this so mm -hmm. yeah. i have to add one more thing something i think is interesting so i've we obviously know a lot of people in a lot of different industries, right? Or even just the three of us, we know some, we have some connections and we know people in different industries on social media alone, right? Um, I've heard from a lot of different people who were either approached about the show or heard about the show and, and never did it. And I, I honestly sit back and I think I told you this already. Mm -hmm. I feel bad, like they missed out on one of the most amazing experiences. Yeah. And like, I can't even explain everything I learned from that show or just about life in general. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel bad. You're never going to get a chance to do something like that. And even if they got on a show down the road and if there's a bunch of seasons, we were the first ones. Like it was completely, we had no idea what to expect. Right. So, Yeah, absolutely. I 100% I agree. And it turned out being a little bit different than I think probably we even thought. I think that's natural too. You know, things change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of figured that we were going to... Uh, be voted off the island and it didn't happen that way and it, you know we all contestants were there to the finish um, and you know vying for you know to to get as you know to win first or to, to finish as, as high as you could and to be honest some people I don't even think cared about that and just love being a part of the team and, and the experience which was awesome as well um, yeah but yeah yeah you know that's natural though right that's part of being I think that's part of if you talk about championship leadership too like championship leaders are willing to, to to when those opportunities arise to step up it doesn't mean that we didn't have the same thoughts going through our head of you know are we good enough for this right should we do this you know you start prepared for it theme of like uh what if this happens you know the first thing that when i told my daughter she was like the first thought she had was uh don't embarrass us like don't <laughs> embarrass me she's a junior high you know, like, she's like, you better not embarrass me. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even think about that till now. I was thinking about winning this thing. Now, now I'm thinking about what if I mess up, right? I'm like, thanks, Nina. Appreciate it. <laughs> I think I think people watching the show, there's going to be some kind of, there's going to be some of our fellow contestant friends who are probably sitting here like, please don't, please don't show the episode when I did this or said this. Yeah, like, totally. But, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it I think some of those people that we might be thinking about also developed and changed over the, over the week. And yes. I think that shows a lot of progress. I agree. You know, I'm a little that bit was skeptical so, of why yeah. they, they changed their tune, but you know, what? I'm a little skeptical of, of the, the driving factor behind why some of them might've changed their tune, but, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but either way. Yeah, no, I agree. There was, it was interesting. It'd be interesting to see the, the story that they tell, um, you know, having been through this, right. Cause we never, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but I've watched it. And you only know the story that they tell you. And then the people that have been in it, they're like, what? That's not how it happened at all. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But you guys get to kind of go and talk about that as you'll be a part of the Aftermath show, right? Okay. So I'm feeling you guys are going to be kind of talking about some of that, maybe. Right. Is that kind of how that has been put out to you guys is the experience as it's going? Or maybe they'll show part clips of certain things and then you guys will come in and, and talk about it talk about it yeah i think there's some things that even you don't know about yet um <laughs> that have like that happened for a few days and i'm wondering when that came out and i guess i could tell you now i heard so there was, a little bit about it but maybe maybe you're talking about you here i heard that there was some microphones uh placed on some people <laughs> a few people maybe like you guys <laughs> wait how did you hear about this um uh one of the guys that 
that we stayed with at the VRBO was invited to a party at the end of the final day. And I guess Bob told them about it. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, here's the funny story. I The first time I was mic'd up was when we're walking up the stairs to the to the plank. Oh, and I had to wear the water pack. And then I start crying within five minutes of being awesome, mic'd, mic'd up. up. So the whole time that I'm off. talking to you, I'm mic'd up. The good thing is you didn't say anything. Well, at least I didn't say anything bad. Yeah. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. You're almost, it was almost too fake. I thought you and everyone else knew because you were all way too nice. Like oh, way, I, too, way too supportive. It was I had no idea. I, I had no clue. When I heard about that, I was like, man, I hope I didn't, you know, because we all say things when we don't know. You know, we, everyone says something that maybe they wouldn't always say in front of someone else, right? No, everyone was really good. The only time that I messed up, I went to the bathroom with Liberty <laughs> and I forgot that. And I talk when I'm not mic'd up, I, we talk yeah. about life and I did. I went into the bathroom with Liberty and I forgot I was mic'd up for like three seconds. And I started like complaining about life, nothing to do with the show. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Remember? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And. And I, I knew at some point that she was mic'd. And so um, we was, had to stop being friends. Yeah, it was funny because uh, we're so <laughs> used to talking to each other about everything. And it was it was torture when they mic'd because <laughs> I couldn't talk to her anymore. I'd be like, were you the only one that was mic'd up? I think so. Yeah. As far as we know. So you're going to be like the villain for some people. No, there was, all honesty, I don't think I got anything bad. Everyone was pretty darn good. No, I mean, like, I don't think there was really all that much. And they wouldn't talk crap if I went over because I, I wasn't, I don't think I'm a person that people would come talk bad about to me. To be honest, I don't think there was a lot. And there were some conversations and I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to get involved. So I didn't feed into it. I just kind of walked away, which they're probably not happy about, but they didn't want anyone to look bad. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't get that feel either. Yeah, they weren't encouraging, Actually, you know. They really want everybody to come across good, which why wouldn't you? So yeah. Right. Although sometimes, you know, a little controversy does make good TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, talk talk a little bit more about you guys and your background. How did you guys get into because I'll be honest, like I was in the military, I grew up hunting, you know, but farms hasn't been a big part of my life. Um, I like to shoot. I definitely believe in the Second Amendment. We should all have the right to bear arms. Now more probably with the show and maybe a little bit before, I think I've seen more of the importance of training and, and that we should all probably have some more uh, knowledge and experience inside of that world. But what brought you guys into that world and made you be, uh, be kind of a light post for, for that and, and taking a stand, being leaders and instructors and, and spreading yeah. the message? Of the Second Amendment and gun training, and firearms training, and, you know, uh, helping with the police force and all that you guys are up to and doing. How'd you get here? So for me, um, I uh, I was I always get this is hard for me to talk about. I'm trying to talk about it less nowadays because I feel like I keep reliving it by, you know, speaking life into it every time. But I am the survivor of a violent crime and. Um, that happened to me when I was very young. And so for me, finding firearms and hunting and all of that was really a way for me to get my power back. Um, for years, I spent years, you know, on medication and 
you know, depressed, drinking, everything, like you name it. I was just really not coping with life well, because after you get terrorized and someone threatens to take your life away from you, you basically, um, you can take one of two paths. And I talk about this a lot, but one, you become the victim mentality and you can go into that negative cycle that I was in where it was just doing anything and everything to numb myself. And the other side of that is that you become a warrior and you, you stand up and you find the thing that makes you powerful again, or at least that sense of security is returned to you. And for me, picking up a firearm for the first time was truly better than any therapy I've ever could have ever gotten. So for me, it's my life. Like I work in it full time. It's everything to me. I am 100% always thinking about where my firearm is when I have to travel without my gun. Like when I had to, when we went to Vegas, I actually didn't take a firearm with me. Yeah. Um, that's really traumatizing for me. It, it causes me to have a lot of like, you know, getting up at night, even if I'm in a hotel, it just, it's just something that has become part of me. So I'm not even saying that I'm like a great shooter or I'm a professional shooter or anything like that. It's more of the sense of like a security blanket for me. Sure. Yeah. And so that's for me, my journey. And that's why it's so important to me to tell women mm-hmm. about, um, about defending themselves. Yeah. Um, after you know my incident, I spent in my years of recovery, I spent years counseling women, um, at an advocacy groups where after they got raped, they'd go to the hospital and then somebody goes and shows up by their bedside. And so I was the person that would do that. And it's, it's a similar thing that I saw where it's just strips you of your power and you feel helpless and worthless and you can spend your entire life looking for worth again um, and never find it. So it's a very important message. And I, I attracted to people like Ali who are out there, doing what she does and, and also advocating for it to, to women, because it's so important because most women never find their worth again um, from incidents like this. And it's so important that women that are empowered by self-defense go and teach the other women like, Hey, you can do this too. Mm-hmm. This could be you. You could be doing this. You could be taking care of yourself Yeah, because sometimes that's all they need to hear it. Sure. They just need somebody to come out and say that to them. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I did not know that part of your story, and um, and it's 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 important, right, to have uh, people like yourself to to help those that have gone through those experiences. Because um, if you don't, who will? And like you say, sometimes just it's it's hearing the right few words from the right person at the right time. That's that's all it takes to snap them uh, to help them get back on path. It's powerful. I've like spent time, um, you know, with women who basically just are in denial about what could happen to them. And so I live in a life of what ifs because like I've, I've gone through it. I survived something actually, you know, lived through a stranger breaking into my home, you know, kind of situation, The, the worst case scenario you can think of. I've gone through that telling a, a woman, especially young women, this could happen to you. They live in a delusion that it won't happen to them. Right. And you have, I think you mentioned you have a daughter, Nate, Daughters, yeah. So. especially telling your daughters, like, I don't, this may sound horrible, but I, with my daughter, like I, she's been watching forensic files. She was like six years old. I make sure I tell her like, this can happen to you. Watch your back. And she 
literally that's what she does. She goes places. She sees suspicious people. She's looking around. She says, mom, I don't like the way that man looked at me. I'm like, perfect. I'm turning you into a paranoid just like me. And I'm, I love it. <laughs> because there's no way to tell someone unless you've gone through it, you don't understand. It can happen to anybody. Yeah, yeah, it is. In you know, as a parent, obviously, I, I don't like to live in the, in the world of worst case scenarios, but I definitely go there with my daughters and my kids. You know, definitely that protective, and so mm -hmm. those are definitely conversations that I need to have. They're hard conversations to have, but important ones, I believe. So, yeah, thank you for that reminder for sure. Um, Allie, what about you? How did, how did you get to to become a part of this world where you're at? Um, so my, my story is a little different. So I grew up in Maine and everyone, you know, in Maine can own guns and there, there's a lot of hunting and stuff there. I've never been into hunting. I'm a big animal person. Um, but when I moved, uh, out of state, it was, um, to get away from my life. My family's been life. So I kind of came here to be independent and, you know, kind of traveling, exploring life on my own. But, um, I got into competing in my early 20s, and I think that with social media, um, a lot of people took me as more of a girly person who doesn't do X, Y, Z and, you know, should stay away from manly things. And I feel like a lot of the vibe I was getting was that shooting's a guy thing. But for me, I was petrified of guns growing up, um, petrified. So for me, it was about getting into something that I'm scared of and overcoming it. And that's where it the guns started for me was, you know, I'm petrified to hold this gun and to be around a gun or if someone owns a gun. So I worked on doing that and then I got into it and I loved it. And then I realized that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not a men's sport. It's not just the guy's thing, kind of like going to what Liberty said, you do need to protect your home and you don't know what's going to happen. So it's over time, it's kind of evolved. And I've had a lot of people, you know, reach out to me, men and women, but mostly women really being like, I want to do this, but you know, my husband told me that, you know, I shouldn't go anywhere near firearms or I shouldn't get into this. And and so I, I think over time, it's really motivated me to teach people like, you know, yes, I'm a girly girl. Yes, I used to be like, um, it's not just about that. There's a bigger picture. And also for me, I don't like people telling me what I can and can't do. Sometimes I don't like people telling me what I can own in Massachusetts and what I can't. Yeah. Um, it's our right. And so it's a big thing for me. So if someone tells you, you, you shouldn't be into shooting, I think you should go out and try it. And if there's a gun lying around and you have two kids here and it's a fully loaded, like revolver, like, okay. So what do you want to do? Do you want to know how to protect you and your family? Or do you want to call the police and ask them to do it? I don't know. For me, it's more like just doing something and educating yourself and learning. Yeah. We need more people. Um, like yourselves out there to, to continue to spread that message. And I think it's, it is, it's powerful just because of some of the things you said, the stereotypes, I suppose, around firearms is that it's, uh, you know, a men, men only thing. And it's obviously not. And, uh, and, and when I see you guys on social media, wherever it is, and what you presenting that, it's, it's empowering, you know. I, we are the new face of firearm owners. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's my daughters. I'll be able to point them to uh, great role models like you guys as well. So I definitely appreciate that. And my wife, I can relate because my wife is like, again, I've never been a big gun guy, 
from the standpoint of like, it doesn't consume my life. Like it seems like it does for some of the contestants. Mm -hmm. And I think, which is cool. It's awesome because we all have our own thing. But I've always been like, it's important to educate our kids and to have them shoot and maybe even to hunt. And and, uh, and my wife is always like, the second you would bring it up, she like almost gets in the freeze up. You know, it's just like, she, she goes to, it's not safe. What if they do something wrong? You know, because she's with right. kids. But I'm like, well, if we do it correctly and we, we, we teach them and we train them, do it properly. And so I did get to her credit. We were able to get my kids out and uh, with a good friend of mine up north where we have some land and, and you know, talk them through it. We're very safe with them. And, and uh, they got their first experience with, with guns and got to, to shoot uh, some different uh, weapons and it was fun it was a good experience so it was a good start i didn't know that it was ever going to happen but uh but we, so uh, does your wife like to shoot now or is more comfortable not necessarily but you know she did come out of it feeling good and and liked how it went so good to uh do more of that you know for all the reasons we've talked about here so many important reasons to to be familiar and to know what you're doing and to be able to do it safely in the worst case scenario it's so important. Yeah. And like one of the things that I do with new, new women shooters that I teach, especially like with my, um, with my kids, I want them to know how to shoot a lot of different types of guns. So I'll do a thing where I'll put like four different types of guns out and then have them learn because sometimes a woman will be given a gun and I've had this happen quite a bit, like a revolver by her dad or something. And then that's like the one gun that she has. But if you're in a situation where you're taken or you're kidnapped or you're someone's in your home and you have an opportunity to grab their gun and you don't know how to use it. Yeah. You're stuck, you know? And so mm-hmm. I do highly encourage like the teaching of all different types of guns, shotguns, rifles, everything. I got to know. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And we did actually, my, my friend had a, a number of different weapons. So we, we had probably three or four. Um, so yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I know I do want to respect your time because I think we're probably going a little bit over our time, but that's what happens when you have a good conversation. Um, as we start to wrap this up, like what, what is, uh, you know, next short-term vision for you guys and, and what you're up to in your life? Championship leaders have great vision, encourage to take uh, action on that. So what do you, what's your vision for, for what you're doing in life and where you want to go? Maybe just short-term, like the next five years. Howie. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Short, short term is we're going to Tampa. So that'll be awesome. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, I want to get into competitive shooting. Um, I'm getting out of competitive um, bodybuilding now. So um, I want to get into competitive three gun. It's my goal. So that's going to take a lot for me because you guys will know I'm not and you'll see on the show too that I'm not the best shooter. Um, so that's my next goal in terms of that. Um, I also really just want to eventually settle down and get have a family. I'm looking to buy a house. We keep losing everything. We've lost five offers in the last like month and a half. Tight market right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. And um, I want to um make a trip to Texas actually, where my rescue is, where we get all our dogs and meet my fosters. <laughs> um, and just that's kind of my personal. Um, oh, you get your dogs from Texas. I didn't know that. That's cool. mm-hmm. They all come from Texas and then they come up to New England. My mom, by the way, just and my sister are huge dog people. Like They show dogs, they breed dogs, and uh, we've had 10, 20 dogs at one time, probably since I was a little kid. But 
what breed do they do? Mostly American Water Spaniels and. Okay. Cool. Ellie's uh, an excellent dog mom, and the other day I I sent her a picture that I got one of her puppies into my pool. Yeah. <laughs> and she was her reaction was hilarious. <laughs> Well, they could get sick. There's like chlorine in there. <laughs> they're learning to swim. They're they're, they're like fighting man. Dogs. They're baby babies. They're like seven week old puppies, That's and she has one. them swimming. Texas, they're Texans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. Uh, well, that's cool. Competitive shooting. I I uh, I kind of came out of this experience kind of the same way. Uh, yeah, three gun. We could do some matches together. That would be that would be a blast. I love it. What about you, Liberty? So for me, um, just keep hammering at what I do at U.S. Law Shield with um, just protecting people's rights and, and doing that. And then also just growing Defend the Badge is really getting that message out is my goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on your profile, it says you're a law student. Yeah. So I actually just went back to school um, recently to finish up because I had I'm a paralegal by trade but I stopped there. And so now I do want to go ahead and get my law degree. Cause I I've been in the legal industry for, for a really long time. So yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, let's add uh, that to the list of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, I'm going to need a, I'm sure someday I'm going to need a good lawyer. So I can't wait to, uh, hopefully you don't. Yeah. Hopefully you don't. <laughs> Nowadays it seems like, uh, that's true. Um, what's, uh, Final, a final thought to wrap this up on surviving man, like uh, yeah, anything that comes to mind or uh, a lesson that you learned from the experience that was powerful that you could share with everybody. So for me, I've been doing push-ups every day, 25. Yeah. Okay? Have you because really? Those kicked my Regular ass. ones or girly ones? Girl ones. Okay. Stop judging me. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you worked up. Well, that's all right. Yeah. I just, yeah, just want to be stronger. Here. Good. Like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Yeah. <laughs> Allie. Uh, well, honestly, my biggest takeaway from the entire show, um, and I don't think I'm, a, I don't, I personally don't think I judge people a lot. I, I really we don't. We all do. We're you all know, I don't think I do that bad. But one thing I have to say is there is something that was unique about every single person on that show, in that show. Every one of those contestants, there was a part of them where I was like, wow, really? or weird or like, that's cool. So I think it just came to make me back up a little bit and think like, you can find such amazing experiences out of everyone. And I, I thought that was- on the spot. What was your first impression of me? And uh, let it rip. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Okay. Um, I'll tell you one of my- my demeanor that's probably a bit stand. Did you tell everyone that what happened to your, that you got hurt? No, I haven't told everybody that. Long. Okay, so for me, that was, extremely motivating um and people will see this in the show but um watching what happened to you and then watching the next few days with some of the challenges like unbelievable like holy cow like you are doing the right thing and you and you're and it was a leader it was it was um, it was unbelievable for me that was like i don't know super encouraging and motivating yeah, thank you. Same. I'll just drop this that people are going to learn that there are more than a million uses for duct tape. Yeah. They already thought they knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, what are a few ways we could follow you guys? And we'll get this all linked up too, but um, so they can check out more about what you guys are up to. 
So I'm at uh, my socials are Liberty Austin and it's Liberty with an E. Mm -hmm. So check me out on there. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm Allie Webster with two R's. So A-L-I Webster with two R's. Awesome. On all social media. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. This was fun. And uh, uh, so happy to have had that experience with you. And I hope we definitely continue to stay in touch. But thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Same. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby. 